here in Genesis 21, we get to see a snapshot in these first eight verses, just a highlight reel of the important stuff of a believer's entire life. From, from before creation was until we are in glory. In just eight short verses. That's beautiful. Let's read it together, these first eight verses. Genesis 21. And the Lord visited Sarah, as he said, as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived, and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old, when his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. And the child grew. Growth and grace. You know how important that is? you know how much honor we ought to receive in our growth, growth and grace? Here's your lifetime of it. The child grew. <laughs> we made that happen. Lord did. Lord makes you to grow, isn't it? And the child grew. That's her whole life. And was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. This is a wonderful story about how the Lord made an old, barren woman to conceive a child. The Lord caused this woman, this is what happened, wasn't it? To receive the seed of her husband. God put life in her. And He grew that life in her. He brought, she brought forth a son. And that son grew. And then he was weaned. And she laughed. She rejoiced. This is the first time she would rejoice. We'll look at that. But this time she rejoiced. She's happy. The child was given a name. He was circumcised the eighth day. And he was weaned. And there was a great feast because that boy was weaned. God is still doing things the same way in our day, spiritually, as He did here. The Lord's not out of business. And He changes not. He creates spiritual life in a dead, barren, feeble person. The old man that we walk around in. God puts life in it. He puts Christ in them. And you know what happens when a baby's born? The same thing that happens whenever one of God's children is born. They cry. <laughs> they cry. You have a child born, you listen for crying, don't you? Well, hear a baby cry. Is it hurt? No, it's fine. I just want to hear it cry. <laughs> That's good for it, isn't it? Clear its lungs out. What's a new, uh, someone that the Lord gives new life in their heart? They cry unto the Lord for the first time ever. That's what the Lord told Ananias. He said, go down there and talk to Paul. And he said, I know this fella. <laughs> Lord, do you know where you're sending me? He, he was going out to roll in that ocean. He already saw the storm, didn't he? Oh, hold on now. And he said, behold, he prayeth for the first time. How many times had Paul prayed before that? How many times has he put his, as Tim James would love this, his perfunctory per- Perflactories. <laughs> How many times he got all dolled up and got his <clears throat> let me clear la 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 
and, 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 and said some prayer over and just told God everything God told him, what's written in his word. How many times Paul did that? Oh, this time's different. This time was different. He, he wasn't just saying some words. He wasn't saying a prayer and, and asking for silly things. Now, I don't even know what means. I, honestly, the stuff. Pray for, what? What? I don't even know. Oh, I won't get off on that. He, he cried. He cried unto God. He prayed from a new heart that had never cried before. What comes with crying? There are going to be some tears. <laughs> You're going to know what you are. There's going to be tears of sadness to where it shuts you up from sin and you quit walking and quit doing and you stand still and you see the salvation that's of the Lord and you're shut up to sin in it. And you know what you are and you don't want to get out of bed in the morning. You want breakfast? I don't want to eat. I know what I am. And then, knowing in that trouble we just read, right? Rowing, fighting, toiling. And then you see Him. He reveals Himself. Oh, tears of joy. <laughs> and laughing. And ah, rejoicing. Yes! My Savior, when I see Him. The Lord does the same things to us in this day. He puts Christ in and makes them cry at birth. Applies that blood to their hearts and circumcision. And then one day, at that appointed day, we're winged. And when we're winged, there's a great feast because of it. Big dinner. I think you're going to enjoy this. You're going, I think it's really going to be a blessing to you. This is a picture of the life of a believer. Just a highlight reel over our entire life from cradle to grave. Let's look at it. You look at it with me. Good. We stay with me? I hope you can. Verse 1, The Lord visited Sarah. If you pay someone a visit, you're with them. You spend some time with them. And that's amazing that the Lord visited Sarah. We can just camp out there for two or three hours, couldn't we? Isn't it? But mankind is born in this world thinking God owes them something. That ain't the case. Boy, this is precious. That's what David told us. He said, What is man that thou art mindful of? But you didn't even think about us. What's a man? And the son of man, our children and everybody like us, that thou visitest him. That's a continual visitation. He comes and sets up his abode in them. Oh, what a visit that is. When the Lord visits his children, there is life given, and we see Christ. That's when He's revealed. That's because we have someone to cry out to. They got that wailing wall over in Jerusalem. You're crying to a wall. All that wall can do is fall on you. Think this through, boys and girls. Let's go to school for a minute. You don't cry to, to something that's stationary and has no life. You cry to a person. You cry to a person, and you cry about that person. You remember whenever John the Baptist was born, Zechariah, his dad, he couldn't talk the whole time he was pregnant. She was pregnant with him. And then whenever he wrote, what are you going to call him? And he wrote on that tablet, John. Right then he could talk, couldn't he? And he prophesied. He trained his child up in the way he ought to preach when he got grown from the second he was born. He said, here's what you say, son. Watch daddy. John was trained up from his youth in the first minute. He said, Blessed be the God, Lord God of Israel, for He hath visited and redeemed His people. Praise Christ and Him crucified. And He hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of His servant David. Christ is coming into the world. He's in the womb right now. Here in about six months. Well, what, about, what about your son, Zechariah? What about John the Baptist? He's something. He's something. He said, oh, there's another one greater than this one. I love my son. <laughs> Looks just like me. 
But there's one he ain't even worthy to tie his shoe latches. That's coming. That's the first thing coming out of his mouth. He goes on to say, Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. Even after, to a true child of God, even after the Lord visits us, we cry out, Come, Lord. Come, Lord. What if we heard big thunder roll? All them clouds over top of us out there started rolling back. I think I'd stop and go run outside and look up, wouldn't you? Come, Lord. Come. We look for His return. Don't we? David, King David cried out. And he said, Remember me, O Lord, in the favor that Thou bearest unto Thy people. Lord, save me. Great King David. That's, I mean, that, if there's a table, he's probably closer to the head of it, isn't it? I mean, that's, this guy's something. He said, Lord, save me in the favor that You bear to Your people. Save me just like You save all Your people. Oh, visit me with Thy salvation. You visit me with your salvation. Bring your Christ to me. Let me see Christ today. There's three tenses of salvation throughout the Scriptures. We have been saved. We were saved before the foundation work when our world, when our names were written in that, that Lamb's Book of Life. And saved in the past for us at Calvary. When Christ hung on the cross, it was done. It's finished. The work was done right then, wasn't it? But then the Lord comes, the Holy Spirit comes to us and convicts us of sin, singular. That's all we are. Convicts us of Christ's righteousness and that all judgment, all that stuff that has been done is done for real. <laughs> this ain't a theory. This is done for me. Plum done. And so we have always been saved in a sense. And, and then we are saved when the Lord reveals Christ in us for the first time. When He gives us that life and we cry out, Lord, save! Save, Lord! He is saving us. Every day. Them disciples in the boat, He saved them. I was wanting to read there in Matthew 14. Peter walked out on the water and he started looking at the wind, looking at the waves. Started sinking. And he cried, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And immediately stretched out his hand and saved him, didn't he? We have been saved. We are being saved. We need His mercies new every day. And we shall be saved. Whenever this life's over, that's when we're, we're, we're plumb saved. <laughs> He's got a hold of us now. That's when we get yanked out of this world. We get yanked out of this water and we're on the boat, right? We're with Him. We're with Him. We pray that the Lord visits our loved ones. We pray that the Lord visits our children. We pray that He visits... I pray He visits my friends. I care deeply for them. I want the Lord to visit them. I mean, go there and set up a dwelling inside of them. But we ought. We ought to cry, Lord, visit me with thy salvation. When was the last time you cried that? I won't look. I'll close my eyes. When was the last time you cried out? Don't answer. I said, Lord, save me. Because I need saved from something. From me. Well, that's a good day, isn't it? That's a good thing. Genesis 21, verse 1, The Lord visited Sarah, and He said, as He had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah, as He had spoken. He came to her, just as He says will come to her. And He did to her just what He said He was going to do to her. He did it as He was spoken. Everything that comes to pass is according to God's will and God's purpose. And nothing happens. Everything that happens happens on purpose. Nothing happens that He did not intend to happen. What about that storm we just looked at? That sneak up on Him? It did not. What about that blindness of that beggar that was blind from birth? 
Did he do something wrong or his mom and daddy? The Lord intended that to manifest His work in his heart, didn't He? That's what we just looked at. Nothing can happen that He does not intend to happen. Nothing will happen He doesn't intend, and nothing can happen that He doesn't intend. The Lord knows everything. He controls all things. And all these things that He purposes, He remembers them. That was just amazing to me this week. That's what we read in Acts 15. Known unto God are all His works from the beginning of the world. We ought to stand in amazement at that. I can't remember what I ate for lunch yesterday. What did you eat for lunch? Well, hold on. That went on. Let's see. Was it? That was t- t- uh, Saturday. <laughs> I got to think about it, don't I? God knows all of His works and He changes not. And every work that it pleased Him to do, it's been ordained from before time and that's wonderful news. If you know what you are, that's good news. Just like those, those in the boat. They could not drown in that sea. Did you know that? They could not die. The Lord had something for them to do. It was impossible because the Lord was going to visit them and visit others through them. We'll sit in a minute. Natural man hates that. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. I see the wisdom in that. I see the power in that. I see my weakness and the need of His power. That's perfect. That's perfect. Here's when the Lord spoke. There in Genesis 17. He spoke to Abraham. Genesis 17, we'll be in verse 16. Genesis 17, 16. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed. That wasn't the same kind of life we're going to look at in a minute. This is rejoicing. And said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Sarah was not there at that time. But it's the same thing the Lord kept telling him over and over, wasn't it? Message didn't change. Uh, Abraham's patience did. <laughs> he had learned to be patient. But the message didn't change. I'm going to make a great nation of you, Abraham. That's what's going to happen. Sarah was not there at the time. Abraham, as we know, is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Father spoke to the Son before time. And He made this covenant with Christ. And He said, You are the one I'm going to bless. You're my firstborn. And all the people through you, I'm going to bless them because of you. And you are going to look at your seed, at your spiritual offspring, and you're going to be satisfied. Because they're going to be just like you. That was a covenant made. And He's going to do this through His bride, through His church. Abraham's a picture of Christ in this, and Sarah is a picture of the bride of Christ. The church of God throughout time. And the Lord gave His orders. The Father gave the orders concerning us to His Son, And then He came to this earth and He fulfilled everything. This is what I want done. There in Genesis 18, verse 10. One page over. And He said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. It's going to happen, Abraham. Keeps telling the same thing over and over. Let me ask you something. Did He? God kept been saying this for 30 years, 25 years. This is what's going to happen. 
Did he do it? Look at our text. Genesis 21, verse 1. If the Lord says He's going to do something, as my dad used to say, you can take it to the bank. <laughs> if He says it, it's going to come pass. He ain't going to try nothing. We try. He doesn't try. He does. Whatever He wills and pleases Him. Genesis 21.1 And the Lord visited Sarah as He had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as He had spoken. Because, for, Sarah conceived. It came to fruition, didn't it? And bear Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. Who did what here? The Lord did. Who came to who? Did Sarah go to him? The Lord visited her, didn't he? Who found who? <laughs> Salvations of the Lord. Sarah is a recipient. She's an object of God's grace and of His mercy, and she cannot glory in that. This picture here, all Sarah did, she just received to conceive means you receive seed. That's all she did. The receiver does not get any glory. The giver does. I used to say that the glass receives water. If that glass is there and I take a picture and I pour water into it, that glass received water. We just, we're so high-minded and proud, we think we can just pick and choose whatever we get, right? And I had somebody tell me, I said, well, a glass is an inanimate object and we're humans. And I said, okay, well, when I was a little child, I used to receive a spanking. I didn't. I didn't hold court when I was six year old. Said, "Now, Dad, you going to wait a minute? I don't think I'm. I'm going to choose to accept your correction today. You get double, wouldn't you? There's no. There's no glory for the one that receives. That's kind of a negative thing, isn't it? That sounds negative to us, but this is a positive thing. When the Lord gives seed, it's a positive thing. In the in the in the flesh, this miracle. Ninety year old woman was having a child. That's impossible." That ain't going to happen. You understand that? She had to receive something. The Lord had to do something. John the Baptist told us a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. And so that's the same spiritual thing that happens. We're all barren when we come in to this world. We're born an old woman. Old John Prime wrote, I am an old woman. We can't give ourselves life. God must do it. And this miracle, this mysterious and as great as it is in Sarah's body that took place, it happened by ordinary means. The same way everybody else is born. That's how it happened. That was the means used to bring this to pass. The only one born that was not this way is our Lord. We'll get to that another day. But This is the same means that any other human being born of Adam came into the world. Same actions took place. No human being has ever been born of Adam without the seed of man going into the woman. Being put into the woman and the Lord giving physical life. And that's what happened here. Sarah physically had a child. Natural man may think that's just not that miraculous. People have babies. Now she's old, but maybe they they didn't have the right calendar or something, but people just have babies. Oh, that's miraculous. God's creation is always miraculous. There's people that cannot have children and they desperately want them. And they would say to you, every birth's miraculous. Every child given is God-given. He has to give it. And He was not pleased to give it to me or to them. We had a lot of children. Now, I, don't know, I don't know what it's like to not have them. People that don't have them don't know what it's like to have them. And, but you know what? Both sides of the fence, that's a blessing. How could it be? Uh, God did it. That's how it could be. <laughs> Both sides of the fence. What are we going to have to do? Thank Him. <laughs> what are we going to have to do? Cry out for mercy to Him. Isn't that right? 
Whenever we're in that boat and we're on top of the waves, we can see everything, we're breathing, feeling pretty good, and real quick we're down the trough of the wave. Both sides of that wave, thank you. Praise to Him. Call out to Him. Natural birth of a child is amazing. The means is so frequent and common that people rarely are amazed and thank God for it and praise God for it. How did this happen? We worked real hard and we saved up and it took seven. God did it. Look what the Lord did. God gives life. And that child physically comes into this world crying, right? Fully complete. Everything you need to be 90 years old, you got. You don't, you don't get your large intestines when you turn nine. Well, we've got to go down to the store. We've got a doctor's appointment. We've got to get that liver put in this week. And no, you, you are exactly a human. Full-blown. Everything there is needed. What's more amazing when God does this to a sinner, when He causes life to be where there was not life, and it's not humanly possible, we're born spiritually unto Him by His incorruptible seed, and at that second, everything you need to enter His holy presence, you got it. Right then. You're plumb holy. <laughs> People chop my head off saying that. Do you know that? You're completely sanctified, set apart for His use. Lock, stock, and barrel. Right then. you got some growing left if you stay on this earth unless He weans you. you got some growing left. Other than that, you're just as, as right as you're going to get. You're just as... You, you're going to be fully like Christ. And that one day... It's inside this old man, but that new man in you is absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. What was the means that was used? As it is with Sarah, so it is with us. When God is pleased, at the time He wills, He visits us through the preaching of the gospel, and He breathes life. I don't do it, He does. And He speaks life into us. At the very time we're old and unable and feeble and barren and laughing at Him and mocking Him. At war with God. He saves his enemies. Rebels against God who he comes to. What's the means that's physically used here? I'm going to say this word that was used once in the Scriptures. Learn something from this. Take, heed me. First Corinthians said it was benevolence. Benevolence is what took place. We understand that, don't we? We all got here some way. Most of us have kids. We know how kids, where kids come from. Paul wrote, said, Now concerning the things wherever you wrote unto me, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. He told them preachers, If you can be like me, do what I do. He said, Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. I told Kimberly one time, somebody wrote me a check, and it said, uh, Benevolent offering. And she knew what she knew what the word meant, and so I was teasing, and I said, "That wasn't what happened. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> That's what happened. There was a conjugal duty. You get it? Birds and the bees. Adam, uh, Abraham, and Sarah. They knew each other biblically. It's how this child Isaac came to pass. Why bring that up, Kevin? Now, come on now. We got to keep the PG or whatever, right? No, we don't. We need to hear these things. There was a spark." Between Adam, or, there was a spark between Abraham and Sarah that had not been there in a long time. She and he were both made willing in the day of God's power for this to come to pass. That's the means that was used. How is that? What spiritual rever- reverence does that have at all? What did our Lord say in Revelation two? 
Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you have left thy first love. You've left your first love. Sarah had left her first love. She was with Abraham for marriage 70 some years. They weren't benevolent anymore, were they? And he said, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works. Be in love like when you first were in love. Remember your first love. Do the first works. Spiritually, what happens to us? Just like them fellows in the boat. We forget our Lord. We, we stop praising Him. We stop spending time with Him. and stop concerned about Him. Start worrying more about this world. We forgot our first love. We need to do the first works. And quit worrying about all the nonsense stuff that does not matter in this earth and say, God saved me. He did. I'm His child. I, I, I'm happy. I'm going to laugh. And I'm going to go tell somebody. Are you sick? Find me a sinner. i got something to tell them. It's going to be great. I can't wait. I'm, I'm high expectations. The Lord's going to save somebody. I know it. We keep doing this. Sooner or later, we'll save somebody. They're going to be baptized. They're going to take the Lord's table. It's going to happen. How can someone without life know the love of Christ from long ago, from before Adam fell, before the foundation of the world? How can, how can we know that first love? We have to have that first love, don't we? How's that going to happen? God's going to have to visit somebody, isn't He? Was it? Why does He do it? Same way He's always done it. After the, that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew God. God, God this world couldn't figure this out. We can't come up with our own seed. We can't get a handle on God. So it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. This is how it comes the first time. Through the preaching, audible preaching you hear of the Gospel. And this is how it comes every time. I looked something up, but I didn't have a Bible with me. I just, I was like, oh, where's that at? Is that in Joshua? I, so I Googled it. And it was like an online Bible. And you know, I couldn't read it. I kept having to close everything out. I hate them things. And one of the pop-up ads was like, are you having trouble finding a daily devotional? Download our app and we'll help you, you sort out what, how, all these different people you've got to read all the time. And I was like, how about you devote to Christ? Read His Word. And I'm thankful for Brother Hawker and Gil and all them fellas, but you'll drown yourself and and that stuff, uh, stop doing that and read the Word of God. Be good for you. Hear what the preacher has for that moment in that field. Eat local. Remember that one? Eat local. This is how it was the first time. This is how it is every time. And the means, me, me standing up here talking, does not get the glory. The preaching and the receiving is turned into the doing of man in religion nowadays, isn't it? Like it's something fancy. I, I learned. I figured it out. I got a handle on God. I accepted God. And Oh, he's a preacher. Or he's an elder. And he's a deacon. And she does this. She's a deaconess. And somebody taught Sunday school one time 50 years ago. They must be good. The means don't matter. It's the one that speaks. I just broadcast the seed. I throw the water. That's all I do. I wish I could go jam it down in some dirt sometimes. Make that thing grow. And I can't. I know I can't. That's my job. I throw the seed. And some lands on the wayside, some lands in the thorns, some lands on the hard pathways, and some lands on just freshly plowed soil. And I'm blind. I don't know what the field looks like. I can't see man's heart. But God plows the heart. This dirt, this Adam that I am, this red dirt, God plows it. I just throw seed. and It lands where He wants it. And then I just throw water. <laughs> he makes it rain. And He gives a lot. And He makes it grow as He sees fit. Now what I do? I'm a seed thrower. I'm a farm hand. That ain't high up on the pecking order, is it? 
God saves by visiting His child and putting the seed of Christ in them. And He uses the church to produce that fruit. You hear me? We, you who believe, are used to produce this fruit. Look here in verse 3. Genesis 21.3 And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. Every child's name is written in the land's book of life. It's his. And, and everything's, every name's ever, ever been ordained. Kim and I may have named our children on what we thought was on purpose, that we wanted to, but nothing's by chance, is it? Uh, before I was born, I was supposed to be Scott. Uh, apparently the Lord decided to call me Kevin because that's my name. <laughs> that's what was given to me. Abraham just named Isaac what the Lord told him to name it, didn't he? We read that back in Genesis 17, 19. We also read in Genesis 18, 19, that Abraham commanded his children and his household that they shall keep the way of the Lord. He did what God told him to do. He said, name him Isaac. And they said, what's his name? He said, Isaac. That wasn't complicated, was it? That's called obeying God. <laughs> the offspring of the church, the fruit of the church, it's effectual. This was a token of what God did in the heart. Abraham circumcised his son Isaac being eight days old as God had commanded him. You know why it's eight days? You know how they circumcise that outward token of flesh, the work that God does in the heart on the eighth day? Remember creation? How many days was that? Seven. All the work's finished. He's seated at the right hand of God. This is plumb done. You can take it to the bank. And once salvation's completely fully accomplished, then He comes to us and circumcises our heart. Then the blood of Christ is applied to us. You see that? It's plumb done. That's comfort in that. Verse 5, And Abraham was a hundred years old, when his son Isaac was born unto him, and Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that hear me will laugh with me. First time she laughed in the tent door. She mocked God. She made light of it. This time she rejoiced. She was 90 years old. For 70 years she'd been married to Abraham. And for 30 years, 25 years, whatever it was, a long time, she's been married to God's prophet. She cooked him three meals a day. Slept right next to him. Bore him a son. And she laughed at his God. Well, now I wouldn't laugh and I'll hush it. You're at war with God. Bow. This time's different. Same function. Looks the same. <laughs> oh, this is a different laugh. This is a rejoicing laugh. Have you ever laughed at something wonderful that the Lord does? You ever prayed for something? And it, I mean, right then, hits the <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Look what He did. And you're just happy, ain't you? Just rejoicing. Or you laugh at the foolishness and the inability of yourself in light of His wisdom and power. A surrendering laugh. Like, God, what was I thinking, man? I'm crazy. I was looking to me. Some still laugh. There's some that still mock. Some that still make light of the promises of God. And you that know them, wait on them. I know them. I know them. And I'm going to wait on them. Wait on them. Keep praying to the Lord that He's pleased to visit them because He can turn an old woman that's been married to God's prophet for 70 years that hated God and laughed at His Word that said, you know, I'm alive. What in the world is He talking about? I need life put in me. I, look, I can move my arms. I breathe air. I'm alive. This is craziness. Christ can make them laugh with tears of joy and amazement. He can. Be patient. Be faithful to them. Keep praying. Verse 7, And she said, it's, it's beautiful. She said, who would have said unto Abram that Sarah should have given children suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. This bride gives suck to its child. Who would believe that? 
Who would believe this bride that's nine years old gives milk to a baby? Who would believe that? You who believe the bride of Christ in this generation, the Lord is using you. Well, take it serious. He's using you to nourish the new life He's created through you, through us preaching the gospel. That's what He's doing. Thomas Carlyle, God's using you to succor people, His children. That's not just comfort. That's to nourish them, to comfort them. Would you have thought that? He's using, you think, <laughs> he's talking to me and Bob's talking this morning. You think 30's old? I didn't think I was going to make it to 30 the way I was going. You'd say, there ain't no way in the world. And then the people think, Kevin's a preacher now? Do what? Kevin Thacker? The, this guy? Kentucky? Him? i got to look people not used to preach to me, but it's shameful sometimes. Who would have thought it? Who could believe I could give the sincere milk of the Word to somebody? I would have life in me to do so. Isn't that amazing? How can that be? How can we give suck? Give the milk. Give the milk. Remind those that are new of Christ. Remind those that just had a work done in them. Remind them of Christ. Don't whip them. Don't correct them. You don't correct a baby. It's got to be at least six, seven months old. We make it lay still, doesn't it? When it's changed the diaper, camera starts early. Don't play it in our house. But a month old baby you can't correct. Leave it alone. It's fine. Leave it alone. Just give it the milk. Just point them to Christ. Point them to Christ. That's the milk that makes spiritual children, the seed of Abraham, grow. That's what makes them grow. I said this is the entire life of a believer, didn't it? A snapshot of our whole life, cradle to grave. Look here in verse 8. And the child grew. It got milk. Not the, the meat of the doctrine. Oh, strong meat. Oh, hush it. It got milk. People say there ain't much in milk. You can take cow's milk and turn a calf into a 1,200-pound steer in about six months. I think there's something in milk. <laughs> I think the Lord knew what He was talking about, didn't He? The child grew and was weaned. That's your whole life. What happened? God gave me life. I grew. I was weaned. He did it all. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. Weaned. Was he weaned from this world to Christ as we grow in grace? Yes. Yes, that's true. But the only time a believer is weaned from the sincere milk of the Word. The only time a believer is weaned from personally... Listen to me. The only time a believer is weaned from personally gathering to the, with the bride of Christ to get what he absolutely... You think you need to go to the grocery store? You won't miss going to the grocery store, but you'll miss church, won't you? The only time we leave the bride of Christ and that sincere milk of the Word to assemble, to hear Christ preached, is when we're weaned from this earth to sit at that marriage supper of the Lamb. The feast that's been prepared for you. Now, I don't include much of me. I grew when I was weaned. Well, that's all I want known to me. <laughs> don't talk about me. I don't want anything I did remembered by nobody. Look to Him that grows me. Look to Him that gave me life. Look to Him that weans us from this world. That's what Peter said. We read from Revelation 19 about that marriage supper of the Lamb. Peter said, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. If so be you have tasted that the Lord be gracious. There and there in Revelation 19, he said unto me, Right blessed are they which are called, which are weaned, <laughs> unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. How can I say that's what it is? Because God said so. That's what it is. Sincere milk of the world. Word. That's what we're given to have. And we have to have it to live. Well, I can do without. You're dead. 
Uh, I ain't going without eating. I ain't missing a meal. You can look at me. You know better than that. I pray God would visit someone today. Maybe someone old. Maybe someone thinks they've been alive for a long time and put life in them. Have high expectations that they would profess Him and believers' baptism, observe His table, obey the Lord, love the brethren, love Him. And they would grow by the sincere miracle of the Word. And at that appointed hour, we can rejoice because they're weaned out of this world and they're seated at the feast prepared for them. Hmm. That's, my, that's my prayer. And I'm telling you, that's what God's going to do. And guess what? He said He's going to do all those things. Call on Him to visit with us. That's wise, isn't it? He said He's going to do it. He come past for Sarah, didn't it? I think it's going to come past in every other every other Sarah, a child of Sarah that's going to come out of this world. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for this hour. Lord, we're children. We're young and babes. Protect us and nurture us with the milk, the sincere milk of the Word, Lord. Keep us as You promised You will. Protect us and keep us from ourselves until we're weaned out of this world and made to sit at that table. What a thought, Lord. Your Son serving us. What a feast. We'd be in His presence. Lord, give us patience and wisdom with those that are Yours that You haven't been pleased to give life in yet. Allow us to be long-suffering with them. We don't know who they are. Allow us to have patience and understanding and wisdom. Thank You for this day and forgive us for what we are. It's Christ's name that we ask. Amen.